D-Stacks beat? Yeah, I got a D-Stacks beat. Listen to the beat, y'all. Come on, D-Stacks. Bring it in. This is Latavia here. And first things first, happy Disability Awareness Month. This month means so much to me because it means that we can remove the stigmas that people may have towards people who are ably different. We shine bright every month, but let's make sure we shine even brighter this month and show everyone that we are here and we matter. you guys remember or not but last week i talked about the medicaid parity bill and how the brace and orthotics industry is struggling and specifically jk prosthetics and orthotics in mount vernon new york so today i have on with me the owner mike caputo how are you all right how you doing doing great i'm doing great so today i brought you on just to talk about the company in itself and the struggles you are having are you ready to roll I'm ready to roll. All right, let's roll. You got a D stack speed. You got a D stack speed. You got a D stack speed.
could you tell us a little bit about your company? So the company was started in 1974 by my father, Jack Caputo. We're actually at our second location, but we've always been located in Mount Vernon. So it's a family business. So I sort of run the place and I see patients and my brother Nicholas does the same. We see a lot of patients at Montefiore, Jacoby. We also see a lot of pediatrics. So Blightdale Children's Hospital and Ann Seton's uh, Children's Hospital as well. And we've stuck with, you know, our own fabrication. We make our own braces, unlike a lot of other companies out there. And yeah, you know, it's been, wow, 40 something years. And all of us Caputos love this business and we really like it to stay. Okay. What made you want to go into the braces and orthotics industry? Well, other than it being a family business, I grew up always working with my hands and also, you know, loving to work with people. So when I was pretty much done with college, I really wasn't sure what direction to go. So I figured I would come back home and start working, you know, part-time at JK. But then I ended up just really loving it. And here I am 20 years ago. My goodness, 20 years already. Yeah, that's a very, very long time. Yeah. And as a brace user, I can tell you I've been with this company for 30 years now. Amazing. And I love them. Like no one makes braces like them. You know, my braces for me, they help me stand and walk and be independent. But they're also conversational pieces. Everywhere I go, people stop and say, oh, your braces are so cool. Where did you get those? So I love getting my braces from JK Prosthetics and Orthotics because, like I said, they start conversations. They don't come across as things that I used to be independent. It's seen as something that is very cool. So it's kind of sad to hear what's going on with the business now. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, you know, it wasn't such an issue 20 years ago. We mostly work with Medicaid and Medicare as well. But as the years went by, Medicaid programs started the managed care programs. So with the managed care programs, what I'm facing is in order to contract with them and to be able to service their patients, I have to agree to contracts. These contracts are 30 to 40 percent less a Medicaid rate. So as you can imagine, it's very hard to operate 40% less to Medicaid rate, which, mind you, is from 1987. So those rates never adjusted with inflation. It's also very hard to deal with the managed cares because of their approval process. We're constantly getting denials, which means the patients are waiting even longer to get their braces. And, you know, this isn't a first-time patient. These are patients who've gotten their braces from me for the last 10 years, the same insurance. And it's a constant battle with them. Wow. Also, after we deliver the braces and we bill, they also come back and audit us for things they approved already. So it's become much more labor intensive, never mind making the braces, but just to get approval for the braces. And it's come to a point where their payments are just so low that I can't buy the materials and keep a staff who obviously is highly skilled to stay in business and to keep on making braces. It's just not sustainable anymore. So that's the story of the managed cares. Wow, that's really sad. I don't think people realize that behind this whole system that they've created, you have patients and people that really need these things in order for us to be productive members of society. Like I said, for me, my braces help me stand and walk and it helps me to be able to go to work and be out in the community. So it's sad that, you know, everything is a dollar amount because for me, my braces keep my feet in alignment. If I don't wear my braces, 
my feet turn over, they curl under because right. of my spasticity and mm -hmm. they'll become contracted where I can't even walk on them. So it's important sometimes when congressmen and women are making these bills that you realize that you're affecting real people's lives. This isn't just about grabbing money and trying to make the most money. It's about helping the people that are going to be affected by the bills that you make. So it's just really, really sad. Is there anything that we can do? Absolutely. You know, you're absolutely right. Problem is our elected officials, they don't really understand what orthotics and prosthetics is. And all they're doing is looking at the numbers, you know, obviously save money here, save money there. They don't realize that, you know, our patients, like you said, you know, you, you need to go to work, you need to travel, you need to get around. You know, as long as you're active, an active lifestyle keeps you out of the hospital. And they just don't understand what this field's all about. You know, I guarantee you, if I ask what's orthotics and prosthetics, they would probably tell me a foot insert and prosthetics, you know, an artificial limb. Right. But they would have no idea what you wear and why you wear them. So, you know, other than comparing it to the ridiculous prices we're getting, they need to know why it's so important to you guys. And the only way that's going to happen is if my patients contact their legislatures and show them, you know, they always say show, don't tell. That's how we can do this. I think that's how we can get this bill passed. Okay, guys, so you heard him. He would like all of his patients from JK Prosthetics and Orthotics to call their legislators and tell them to pass the Medicaid parity bill. I know that I have, but I still implore everyone to call their legislators and tell them to pass the Medicaid parity bill because what affects one of us affects all of us. So please call your legislators and tell them to pass the Medicaid parity bill. But in case people are not convinced by this passionate plea, could you please tell us what the Medicaid parity bill will do for your company and the industry as a whole? Right, of course. So if that bill passes, we set the clock back 15 years, 10 or 15 years. I can hire more staff. You know, I can get the braces to my patients faster. The materials I use, unfortunately, I can't use the quality materials I was able to use 10 years ago. You know, they're still safe, but I feel like we can do better. You know, I can offer more things to my employees. Most of them have been with me for 20, 30 years. They do this because they love it, not for the pay anymore. It would be great for the patients. It would be great for everybody. You know, the doctors would probably be able to prescribe more. You know, and like we said, I'm not the only company around. And, you know, you talk to other companies and they're all experiencing the same problems. I think within the last 10 years, I think about 20 companies have shut down already just because they can't afford to keep their doors open. Yeah, and you are absolutely right. And I've been here for years, so I can tell that you had to cut back on the materials because even now, like the straps, they don't last as long. Yeah. And it's an industry that is sadly disappearing. And I've always said it always feels like the disabled or the ably different community is always forgotten. We are here. We are out doing things. But in order to do those things, we need services and supports to help us. And for me, when you see them disappearing, it's heartbreaking because for me, it's like, well, what am I going to do? I need braces every year because I spend 24, 7, 7 days a week in them. I sleep right. in my braces because I cannot get up out the bed without my braces on. And I don't like to feel the spasms in my feet when I have them on. 
it's sad to see an industry go away that we're going to need for the rest of our lives. And for me personally, I can't use the plastic braces because my spasticity will bust through them like nobody's business and they will be broken no time. So the laminated braces you guys make are more durable, stronger, and can handle my spasticity. So if you guys disappear and the industry as a whole disappears, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, the materials you're talking about, right? So there's carbon and fiberglass in those braces. And it's like you said, laminated. Unfortunately, a lot of companies won't even entertain that idea anymore. And it's because insurances don't want to pay for it. They see no reason whatsoever that we have to use those kind of materials. They don't understand. And I think a big problem is the people who they have reviewing these claims aren't educated. You know, they're just somebody they hired who has no background in orthotics and prosthetics. Even half the reviewers who are nurses, you know, I'm sure they're very intelligent, but they don't know what orthotics and prosthetics is all about. So the idea to them is having to pay a little extra money, right, for a laminated brace. And I'm only talking another $100 for a laminated brace. They just won't do it. It's almost an automatic denial. Yeah, and I absolutely know what you're talking about because I recently had to fight to get repairs done on my wheelchair. And when I called the insurance, because I had to play the mediator, I was like, the vendor said mm-hmm. they didn't get the paperwork. You're saying you did send out the paperwork. And the lady who was reviewing everything said, well, you got a manual chair back in like 2016. So why do you need a power chair now? I said, ma'am, the manual wheelchair that you're looking at on that sheet was deemed unsafe for me. I no longer have that. And I am down to one power chair and I need the repairs done on this power chair because without this power chair, I cannot go to work. So she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. So they don't know. They don't know. They are just looking at basic parameters and like, oh, it doesn't fit it. So I'm going to deny it. So it's sad. It is very sad. I had a, I guess they call a hearing with the Dallas Health Plans. They kept denying a brace for this kid who was cerebral palsy. And it was to control ankle contractures. And it got to the point where it was denied three times. And I had to have a hearing with some lady who, as soon as I got on, I said, it's all in in the diagnosis code. Why aren't you looking at the diagnosis code? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I guess we glazed over that. So that's just an example. Like you said, they just don't realize the effect they have on people, you know, but I will tell you a little side note. If this bill does pass, that goes for wheelchair as well. It's a big bill that covers a lot of stuff. So. Yes, it does cover a lot. And if it does pass, that would mean it would change everything for us tremendously. What they need, though, is people that use braces and orthotics and use wheelchairs to sit on these committees to make the decision. Exactly. You need people who understand the ably different community to make these decisions. Right. I'm just imploring Congress to make changes and put people on these committees that are in the ably different community know what we need, and can make the decisions for us. If you don't understand the community that you're servicing, you can't make these decisions because they impact our lives. Exactly. I will definitely sit on the committees in a heartbeat. I will do it because some changes need to be made and it needs to happen now because As I've become an adult, I've seen the services disappearing or they're diminishing. And I'm scared. What's going to happen 10, 15, 20 years from now? And not even that far, five years from now. 
if things don't change, I will tell you that this field will shrink. Five years, it might be gone. And then what's going to happen? And the thing that bothers me too, and I think that needs to change, is the every five year rule. That's ridiculous. We wear different pairs of shoes every single day, right? For me, my braces are like my shoes. I put them on every single day. So with that normal wear and tear, you're going to need it every year. You can't get them every five years. Think about a child that's growing because a child that's growing also wears braces. And so if you're growing, your feet and everything is going to change in less than five years. So what do you expect them to do? Hold on to it? Well, the five-year rule stems from Medicare. They have a checklist of, we'll cover you less than five years if so-and-so and so-and-so happens. If activity level changes, if there is, you know, a difference in patient weight and height, or if there was a natural disaster and braces were lost. I mean, they don't take any consideration whether or not, you know, the patient works, doesn't work, is very, you know, active in the community. They don't care. And it's funny you said shoes, because usually that's what I tell them when it really does come to a point where, you know, I actually have to get on the phone with one of them. I was like, do you have children? Yes. Do they wear the same shoe? No. Okay. This brace is custom made to the child's foot. So it's a year later, it's time to get a new one. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. I mean, there needs to be some sort of education to all these companies. They have to start being held responsible. If, you know, they hold somebody's livelihood in their hands and they're compensated for it, there's no reason we should have any sort of pushback for providing a pair of braces every year. But there is, and I will tell you, you know, what scares me is there's no oversight with these insurance companies. Nobody's monitoring them on whether or not they're doing the right thing. You know, it's all about the dollars. You know, they see so-and-so denying a certain amount of claims and then they didn't have to pay on it. That's rewarded with audits. It's rewarded the companies that audit claims and they don't do this on any sort of fraud level. Not that we didn't give you the braces. It's the doctor didn't write a certain note a certain way. And all of a sudden they take back all the money. We obviously don't take the braces back. They take it all back. And what happens is the companies they use for these audits, they keep a percentage of what they take back. So it's a system that is just broken. And I think they all really need to be educated and they need to be monitored. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's definitely a broken system and they really need to look into overhauling it and changing it a bit because it's not working for a vast majority of us. It's not working in our favor so that we can be out in the community. Like you said, and I love what you said, I believe you said walking and standing is a right, not a privilege, right? So what would you say to people out there and congressmen and women who think you are just making this plea because you want more money? I'm just trying to stay in business. That's all I want. You know, it, it's become um, obviously stressful. And like, you know, I always joke. I'm like, oh, this is going to be my last day. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it was my brother who kind of kept me kind of fighting. Like you said, I think that our congressmen think I just want to go out and buy a boat. They think I'm going to go buy a brand new Ferrari. And that's that. I mean, this is about me making payroll. I mean, I have two accounts that I'm backed up on as far as ordering materials. So things are taking longer. I have to get the money in so the money can go out, right? That's what I tell everybody. I think it's obvious, you know, Medicaid hasn't out my fees since 1987. Of course, all my materials are going up. I think if you push it up against inflation, I think, what, everything costs close to another 30, 40% of what they did in 87. So yeah. my friends think, well, you pass the cost on to the patient, right? I'm like, no, we don't do that. We're contracted for a certain price and that's that. 
And uh, it's a situation where it's, it's survival. So yeah, it's not so much just so I can make more money. It's so I can make enough money. If right. that makes sense to you. Yeah, that yeah. definitely makes sense. You're just trying to survive at this point. Exactly. I really hope that you stay in the fight because we need someone fighting for us. And I'm pretty sure your dad will want you to keep fighting. Yeah, <laughs> of course he does. We can't let this happen, right? We can't close a business that's over 40-something years old. It's just not an option, that's all. So since it is not an option for JK to close down, can you please tell everyone what you are doing to continue to fight to keep it open? So we're actually planning a rally in front of the office October 21st at 10 o'clock. It's not set in stone, but that's we're about 80% sure that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to make it fun. We're going to have some face painting and pumpkins for the kids. Going to try to get some food there, too. Everybody's got to be fed. You know, try to get the news there. I'm sure the news will come. But I just want everybody to tell their story and tell, you know, why it's so important to them. And, you know, it'll be awesome. And we could, uh, you know, we could show you the place if you haven't been here. And, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I will be the first one there. You heard it, everybody. All right. <laughs> and what is the address? It's 699 North McQueston, M-A-C-Q-U-E-S-T-E-N Parkway, Mount Vernon, New York, 505 So now we're at the point of the show where I usually do the quote of the episode. But in today's episode, I think it would be more fitting for me to do a call to action. So everyone, please call your legislators and tell them to pass the Medicaid parity bill. So that's all we have for you today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Mike Caputo, for coming on. It was amazing. Thanks for having me. Again, thank you, everyone, for listening. Please share this episode to as many people as you can. I have a Patreon account if you would like to donate. There's four tiers up there for you to choose from. Just go to patreon.com, type in Queens on the Roll, and you'll see me right there. If you have any questions for me or any of my guests you have heard on this podcast so far, you can email me at queensontheroll.podcast at gmail.com. Again, my email is queensontheroll.podcast at gmail.com. And we are rolling out. Bye, guys. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>